Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Hopper Nation, Hop the Props is back. Took another took another bye week. You know, the boys are busy. The boys have things to do, but we always come back at the end. Chuck, how are we? Hey, Seth, good to be back with you. Um, it's been a while once again. We've kind of, kind of been spotty with our with our recordings this year but hey it's been it's officially been three years since we started this bad boy up so i'm i'm just happy that we're we're keeping it going we're meeting up and we're we're talking talking ball talking bets yeah and and you guys listening can't see chuck's you know beautiful smiling face but we're we're talking right now i'm looking at him the get the guy is just glowing he's just happy to be here he's happy to happy to be with the people and provide me alive is that a devil dog hoodie i'm seeing yeah, this is a, uh, a race my dad did, so it's kind of get me get his hand me down sometimes. So yeah, that is a, that is a good looking hoodie. You guys are missing out. Fantastic hoodie from Chuck. But well, I know we'll jump into it. But before before we jump in, I just want to say, ladies and gentlemen, college basketball it's is back. back, and I have never felt so complete. I was telling Chuck yesterday I was locked into University of San Diego against Jackson State. And two nights before, I was watching Sonoma State at San Diego. So I've really just locked into San Diego basketball. And by the way, they really suck, especially in the first half. Like, they were down 19 to Sonoma State. Absolutely dog water. But I'm going to have the St. Mary's New Mexico game on after this. It's going to be fantastic. And every night, there's there's games to watch, which is beautiful. Um, we'll be working a little bit of hoops into this one. But I know Chuck wants to start us off with uh, a little college football. So, Chuck, take it away. Yeah, it's a it's officially November. It's, it's officially getting colder out. Uh, there's just nothing but sports on. Nothing nothing to do but bet on these games. And uh, you know, usually we talk about the Sonoma states of the world, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to one of the bigger games of the weekend, especially on the college football side. Um, noon on Saturday, we got Michigan traveling to Happy Valley to take on Penn State. A lot of hype around this one, especially with all that's going on around the Michigan program right now. Um, but I'm going to take a minus four and a half. I think this number is a little low. Um, and I'm going to tell you why, Seth. I got a little math time section for you. Um, so anybody who doesn't like math, feel free to tune this part out. This might make no sense at all, but this is what I'm rolling with. So I looked at the look ahead lines are available on FanDuel. You know, we're previewing the, the Michigan-Ohio State games coming up in a couple weeks. And right now Vegas is saying that Michigan is a six-point favorite in that game. And it's it's in Michigan. So they're basically saying that on a neutral field, if you take out home field, Michigan's like three and a half points better than Ohio State, according to Vegas. Now, I think they're probably even a little bit more better than Ohio State. I'd probably take them in that game. Um, and if you think back to a couple weeks ago, Ohio State beat Penn State by eight points. So if you take out home field that was in Ohio State, that's saying Ohio State's about five and a half points better than Penn State. So this suggests... If you combine those two together, if you use common opponents in Ohio State here, that Michigan, according to Vegas, on a neutral field is nine points better than Penn State. And since it's in Penn State, if you take the home field advantage out, which we're saying is two, two and a half points, that's saying Michigan is at Penn State should be a six and a half point favorite. Just based on the data that we already have that Ohio State beat Penn State by eight points and that Michigan would be favored by Ohio State by six if the game was played right now. Um, so I think there's value in, in Michigan minus four and a half. It, it's basically saying that Vegas thinks this should be six and a half, but they're giving you the, this opened at three and a half, actually, it's bet up to four and a half. So they're giving you this number because they think that people will bet Penn state and people are betting Penn state for some reason. And I don't understand why, 
Um, we saw against Ohio State that Penn State can't really move the ball against a good defense. Um, Drew Aller hasn't been throwing the ball downfield against a good defense. He he did a little bit last week. I think they played Maryland and crushed them. But against a, a real opponent um, like Ohio State and like Michigan, I don't trust Penn State to be able to move the ball, ball very much. Um, Drew Aller is still a little inexperienced. The team as a whole is still a little inexperienced. And I just don't trust James Franklin and Penn State to, to be able to win a game like this yet. And Michigan's just been dominant. They should probably be the number one team in the nation right now. Um, they just don't have the, the schedule to match up. And if they did, they would be. Um, but they've just been absolutely murdering people. Um, and let, let's go back into the sign-stealing thing. I think that's actually motivating them. Like, people are saying, hey, what are you going to do now that you don't have the signs? Like, are you going to be as good? And Michigan's like, fuck you guys. Like, yeah, we're still good. Um, so I think that'll actually be not a deterrent. I think that'll actually motivate Michigan to play really well in this game and play really hard in this game. And the fact that it's at noon instead of a night game in Happy Valley doesn't really concern me as much. I don't, I don't think the energy will be as crazy. I, I know Penn State's still a tough place to play, but that it's at noon kind of helps my case even more. So I'm taking Michigan minus four and a half in the in the game of the week here. Yeah, Chuck, I think a lot of people want to take Penn State here with those, you know, allegations, especially they're like, oh, yeah, Michigan's a bunch of cheaters, which, I mean, right. I haven't really dove deep into the whole sign-stealing thing. But to me, it seems, and correct me if I'm wrong here, it seems a little blown out of proportion. I agree. I think I think most teams actually do it. Michigan just got caught. Yeah, so. and like they still got you still got to play the. It's not like they're doing anything like crazy illegal in my mind. And I know there's a lot of people like, oh, this taints their season. I'm like, I don't really think it does. But I do like the point that you brought up where it's. It, I, I agree. It's going to motivate Michigan here, um, and I think especially I feel like teams play better and they have something to prove when everybody's against them, and I feel like that's the case here. Um, I like the little math segment you did too. That was new. You know, I don't, out- I don't know if that was easy to follow, but but we were doing some some sub- adding and subtracting the the lines with the home field advantages and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I just think I think Michigan's better, and I don't think that that the home field for Penn State is that big of a deal. Um, and like you said, I just think they're they're embracing the role as the villain. Like there have been interviews with the the players since the sign stealing stuff has come out, and they're like, "Yeah, hate us. That's fine. We're just gonna yeah. we're just gonna wreck people." Yeah, I'm excited for that game. That's gonna be a great one. I'm gonna be tuning into it. But I, part of me, part of me thinks it might be a blowout, which honestly, yeah. which I, I hope it's close. But um, you know, I hope it comes down to you know a touchdown or so. That'd be entertaining. But you're right. Penn State's really struggled to move the ball against defenses, and Michigan's defense is, is definitely no joke there. So I do, I do like that play. Um, so going from one ranked matchup to another, I'm moving to the SEC here. And we're going to Columbia, Missouri. We've got Missouri hosting Tennessee. Tennessee two-point favorites on the road. Now, this was this was more of a – I think it's more of a trap game for Tennessee. Tennessee is traveling to Missouri. They have Georgia ne- – or t- Tennessee – yeah, Tennessee's traveling to Missouri. They have Georgia next week. So I think they – in their mind, they're like, we do need to win this game. However, the thing that stuck out to me is Tennessee has played – Three road games this year. That's it. And they were against Florida, which they got smashed. Even though they only lost by 13, like they were just outscored that entire game. They lost to Alabama by 14. And then they beat a Kentucky team that's really reeling after, you know, starting, you know, 5-0 and or whatever. This is their first – they're 0-2 against, I would say, decent teams on the road. And to be favored by two points in Columbia, Missouri – 
after Missouri has already played Georgia, this is their chance to move up in the rankings and to get maybe into a New Year's, New Year's Six. This is this is their chance to win. So I think Missouri, it's not a trap game for Missouri, it's a trap game for Tennessee since they play Georgia next week. The fact that Missouri is two-point dogs, I will take the two-point dogs at home and give me the Tigers here. Yeah, Seth, I 100% agree. I, I didn't really understand this line either. I don't know why Missouri is a dog at home. Um, and, you know, I've been on Missouri like all year. I've been a big fan of theirs. I've been betting on them quite a bit. Um, and I just think like, so Missouri's got the better better offense. Um, I trust Brady Cook more. Um, Joe Milton, you know, he's kind of hit or miss. He's, he's really just inaccurate sometimes. Um, so I, I like the offense better. Tennessee's probably got the edge on defense. Um, but like you said, they just, Mizzou just went up against Georgia and Tennessee has Georgia next. So like, I, I think that this is a bigger spot for Missouri. Um, and Missouri played pretty well against Georgia. They lost by nine. Um, but Kirby Smart even said after the game that, that Missouri played them like really tight and that that was a tough, tough win for Georgia. So I think Missouri is just a better team here and that you're getting points is just such great value. Yeah. And also the only, um, the one game that they both had, they both played Kentucky at Kentucky in back-to-back weeks. Tennessee won by four or five. Missouri won by 17. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of the, the same opponent there. And, again, it's about the same point in the season as well. Um, so, again, Missouri being at home, they beat a good Kansas State team at home. They've The only loss they've had at home was LSU, who has possibly one of the most explosive offenses in the nation. Even though they have three losses, I think you know their defense is the issue. Um, but they've played very well at home. Other than that game, even they put up thirty nine points. So I think this is going to be a shootout. But I think Missouri comes out on top. Yeah, and we're getting to the point in the season where it's you wonder how much these teams have to play for, especially the ones that like you know you're not going to make the playoffs. You know you're probably not going to. You might make a New Year's Six, maybe, but do you care that much? I think Mizzou is going to care a lot more because they're not usually in this spot of being like a a good team in a spot for New Year's Six. And Tennessee, on the other hand, had much higher expectations that kind of that kind of all went out the window like right away when they got crushed by Florida, like you mentioned. And then, you know, they could have come back and beat Bama and they had they had they were leading twenty to seven at halftime in that game and then got outscored twenty seven nil in the fourth in the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was tough. So I think Tennessee is kind of probably on a downward spiral ever since then. And they played they played UConn last week. So I don't think they're you know, getting as battle tested as Missouri is playing Georgia the week before this game. Absolutely. And and I think there is a small chance that maybe Missouri is gassed from that Georgia game, but I feel like yeah. they're going to get up for this Tennessee game with, with Florida and Arkansas left on the schedule. This is their last ranked matchup of the year. Um, I got to imagine that that locker room is getting, getting amped up. Yeah. That's probably why the line is what it is, but yeah, like you said, so they're, they're at home to get a ranked team coming to town. This is a, this is another statement chance for Mizzou to, to kind of keep growing this program in the right direction. So I like the play. Um, so, you know, here's where we kind of usually like one of us picks a college game and then the other goes to the NFL and we kind of switch gears. I'm going to do the best of both worlds and be the king of transitions here. I'm going to combine a college football game and an NFL game in the same play here. Oh my god. We're gonna god. do a parlay. This is madness. We're gonna do an alt line parlay with the Oregon Ducks and the Dallas Cowboys. I'm really excited about this one because this is something I never really do. Um, I'm gonna tease them both down to minus nine and a half. So you're getting them under double digits. All right. So Oregon is at home against USC this week. They're 14 and a half point favorites. So like I said, I'm gonna take that down under under 10. 
USC just lost to Washington by 10 at home, and now they have to go up to Eugene at night and play this Oregon team who is absolutely rolling. I truly think that ever since the Oregon-Washington game from a couple of weeks ago, that Oregon has been a lot better than Washington, and I think they will be the Pac-12 champions and beat Washington when they get a rematch in Vegas in a few weeks here. So I really like Oregon in this spot. Um, they're, like I said, USC just lost to Washington by 10, and I think Oregon's going to be more than capable of just absolutely murdering USC because Oregon has a much better defense than Washington. So I think I expect Oregon to be able to shut down Caleb Williams a little bit more. And what Oregon also has is a better run game than Washington. And we've seen that USC struggle mightily against the run defensively. Um, I think back to that Notre Dame game where USC got kind of crushed. And we were all shocked by that because it was only a two and a half point spread. Um, Oregon's pretty similar to, to Notre Dame, but better. They're just a better version of Notre Dame. So I have, I have no faith in USC to play even close to this. USC is two and eight against the spread this year. And Oregon is 7-1. and one. So even though Oregon gets a lot of love, and so does USC, probably too much so, both of these teams are going in opposite directions against the spread. I think USC's last chance of, you know, like I said earlier, what do they have left to play for? I mean, you know, after losing that Washington game, they're, they're out of the Pac-12 hunt. They're probably out of a New Year's 6 hunt. They're not ranked anymore. Uh, they just don't really have much of a chance to do much. Um, and now they have to go to Oregon, who has a ton more to play for because Oregon's a legit like college football playoff potential team here. Um, so I think they take care of business and win by double digits. Anything you got to add before I just go and start ranting about the Cowboys and totally switch gears here? Um, not really. I mean, Oregon just kind of lit everybody up the past couple of weeks after losing to Washington. I don't know if they beat them again just because I really do like Washington's offense, but I – the more you talk about it, the more I'm like, and especially with USC reeling, don't have a lot to play for. I don't think they're going to have that high energy going to Eugene. Mike gets steamrolled. Continue to the Cowboys. Yeah, so similar spot. I think the Cowboys might roll even more than than Oregon. Um, so the Cowboys are playing the Giants this week and are 17.5-point favorites. You never see that on the NFL side, but that's because the Giants are rolling out Tommy DeVito at quarterback. Uh you know, Daniel Jones goes down, tears, tears his ACL, Tyra Taylor's on the IR. So somehow the Giants don't have a better option than rolling with this kid, Tommy DeVito, who, who played a little against the Jets a couple weeks ago, and they literally didn't let him throw a forward pass. I think he had, like, negative two passing yards. But just yeah, it was bad. Like, they don't trust him to throw the ball downfield, so I don't know why they're rolling him out as a starter. I think they're truly in tank mode at this point. Um, and the Cowboys, on the other hand, all they do is lose to good teams and just throttle bad teams, right? We saw them beat the beat the same Giants team with Daniel Jones, forty to nothing, week one in this year. Um, they beat the Jets like thirty to ten. Um, so the Cowboys seem to take care of business against the really bad teams, and especially except for Arizona when I bet right. that, and then that blew up in my face. Arizona has proven to be at least a little feisty, but I don't see the Giants being feisty at all um, in this spot with Tommy DeVito at the helm. And especially if you look at the Cowboys, actually, historically against their division. So they just lost the Eagles. Um, tough game. I think they actually, like, Dak almost outplayed Jalen Hurts in that game, and they had a chance to win or at least tie it. Um, but the Cowboys are 69% against the spread against their division, against the NFC East since 2017. So they've been really solid against the division. And, and with the Eagles being usually pretty good during that time frame, I think that's specifically them just beating up on the Commanders and the Giants. 
Um, so I expect them to continue to do that, especially off the loss to the Eagles, right? So this is just regression back to the mean of the Cowboys just being really good about against the division. So them suggesting they're going to cover this the 17.5 number, and I'm going to take this down all the way to 9.5 um, here. And double-digit favorites historically in the NFL cover at a 57% rate historically that I found. Um, so, you know, Vegas showing these teams respect means they're they're respected for a reason, and, and Vegas is just trying to keep this so that some people end up betting it. And they, they can't blow this number up more than seven, much more than 17 and a half, but even though they probably should. Chuck, you're using a lot of math terms today. Regression, mean, I don't know what got into you over, you know, the little like <laughs> past two weeks, but my man is breaking out the mathematical finance degree on us today. Um, I mean, I, I like the play. You, you threw a lot of things out there for both Oregon and, and Dallas. And um, again, yeah, other than that Arizona game, Dallas has just been absolutely murking the bad teams, specifically defensively. I think in fantasy, their defense has yeah. scored like over 30 points, like two or three times. Um, so how, and how yeah, does yeah, Tommy I, DeVito score on this defense? I have like, no idea. No like, I genuinely, like, I, I want to know what they were practicing this week. Like, what were their, what was their game plan? <laughs> They're just like, all right, screen pass, screen pass, screen pass. Like, yeah. I, I, Honestly, I'm going to throw this out there. Dallas Cowboys anytime touchdown scorer on the defense, sure, might be a play here. Yeah, might as well. So, but I do like that play, and Chuck, it honestly inspired me because I know we were talking a little bit before we hopped on here, and and you mentioned you were doing a, a college NFL, you know, combination. Thought I'd do the same thing. Let's go. Same thing. No alt lines though. It's just a two two leg money let. Money line parlay here, uh, right over plus money, about 120. I'll start off with college, going to the Big 12, going with another team who hasn't who hasn't been here in a while, you know, hasn't been ranked like this. We're going to Lawrence, Kansas, with the Jayhawks hosting Texas Tech. Now, kind of the same thing we talked about Missouri. Missouri not used to this spot, playing for a lot more, even though they're not going to the New York Six Bowl. Kansas is, has reached the seven-win mark for the first time since 2008. Wow. They are currently tied for third in the Big 12 standings. Now, Texas is one. Oklahoma State is two. They have lost to both of those teams. Oklahoma State has one conference loss. Kansas has two. However, I think Kansas, especially this week, there's still hope in their minds that Oklahoma State can drop two games. Will they? Probably not because they play three of the newcomers of the Big 12 back-to-back-to-back. So I don't see it happening. But in Kansas's mind, they still have a shot for the Big 12 title, which has got to make – it's insane that Kansas even has that chance. So I really don't think that they're going to slip up against a Texas Tech team that who everyone thought was going to be a lot better than they actually are and really has not done much this year. So I'm gonna. That's the first part of this this parlay here is just Kansas money line. I don't see them losing this game. They should win the game. They have a lot more to play for than Texas Tech. They even have an outside chance looking into the Big Twelve championship. So I don't see them falling apart here and blowing that chance. I see Oklahoma State taking it away from them maybe next week, especially when Kansas plays a tougher Kansas State team. But this week, I think they take care of business against Texas Tech. Any thoughts here before I jump to the NFL? Yeah, no, I, I like it. Uh, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, Kansas got a lot more to play for, right? And then if you look at the the home away splits, so like you said, this game is in Lawrence. Uh, Kansas is five and zero at home this year. Meanwhile, Texas Tech is one and three on the road. Um, so, you know, they can't really go anywhere and win. 
And I think people are probably looking at Texas Tech. Oh, they beat TCU on a on a Thursday last week. They got some extra rest. They're coming off a win. They actually got outgained in that game. They won by seven at home against TCU, but they out got, got outgained. So I just don't think that Texas Tech is trending in the right direction. Before that, they lost to BYU, who's been pretty pretty average this year. Um, so I just think Kansas is better. So you're getting them. You know, I don't love the four number, but that you're getting the money line in this in this play. It you know makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and the, and the other thing, some people might argue, look ahead spot for Kansas with you know a big in-state rivalry in Kansas State next week. But I think the mentality of Kansas is they cannot drop a game. They don't have a look ahead spot because they know they have to w- win out and get some help from Oklahoma State if they want to be in that Big 12 championship. Yep. So that's the first leg. Moving to the second, we're going all the way to Monday night in the we're NFL. Have to wait a while for this part. We're going to have to wait a while for this to cash, but that's okay. We love a good buildup. It's November. You guys know what's going on. It's a build-up build up month. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to Buffalo on Monday night. Little Bills versus the Broncos. Buffalo's seven-point favorites. Second half of the parlay, Bills money line. Bills are reeling. They're 4-0, 4-1 at home. They suck on the road, apparently. Josh Allen has become a turnover machine. However... This is a get-right game for the Bills. I actually like the spread straight up. I like Buffalo minus seven. But given that, you know, that in case of that backdoor cover here and parlaying it with Kansas, it's still plus money. The Broncos, I, they've picked it up a little bit since they got the doors blown off in um, Miami, um, beating the Bears, losing to the Jets and the Chiefs. Um, you know, they played the Chiefs twice and, and won last week. But I really don't see them coming back going win-win against the Chiefs and then at Buffalo. Like I said, I think this is a get-right game for the Bills. Monday night game, primetime games have been a hit or a miss. So just in case it's a little closer than I anticipated, Buffalo money line parlayed with the Jayhawks money line should be about plus 125. The college NFL parlay, part two. A little, little plus money action there. I like that. Um, yeah, dude, I, I said, I think before we got on the pod that if Sean McDermott loses this game, he might be fired on the spot. Like the bills are in kind of surprising shape so far this year. Um, you know, lost to the Jags in London, then went to new England and lost to the Pats. Uh, were shaky against the giants early, but they're actually, I think they're actually undefeated at home that they're counting that London game as a home game for them, which obviously doesn't really count. So, um, So they've been really good at home. I don't. I don't see Denver. Denver's coming off a bye week, so they beat the Chiefs and then they went on bye. Um, so it's an interesting kind of mindset there. It's not going to be like kind of a letdown spot, I guess, for them, unfortunately. But I do just think that Denver's like not as good as we're making them out to be. That was just a tough spot for Mahomes um, playing in Denver, playing in the cold. I guess he was sick or whatever. So especially in division. So now now they're going up to Buffalo on a Monday night. Um, it's going to be cold. Fans are going to be loud. They need this win. Um, I like the play. Yeah. And I like what we did here. A little college, a little NFL that plays. Was, that was fun. Kind of shake fun. it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, I, you know but, plays um, are hardly locks, but, you know, we're just giving out We're just giving out plays. We're just giving out ideas. Giving um, out value plays. That's the key word. Spice it value. up. Yeah. We're providing value. But speak, Chuck, speaking any, of value, yeah. yeah. That, that transitions me next into my next play because my next play is truly – about the value, which I guess all my plays really are. But um, I really like the Browns on Sunday playing the Ravens. They're getting six and a half now. I think this number opened at four and a half. So I'm going against the pros here. There's money coming in on the Ravens. 
This got bet all the way up to six and a half. I think it's too much. Now, honestly, if you guys want to wait, if you're listening to this and it's still at six and a half and you want to wait till Sunday morning, see if it gets to seven, I would highly recommend that um, because that's the direction it's going. It might, it might just keep going. Um, but I really like, you know, that this is, I think this is peak market on the Ravens. I think everybody's calling them Super Bowl co-favorites, best team in the league, because they've just been playing really well. And I don't, I don't fault them for that. I think the Ravens are really good. I just think this is the peak of the market, so this is the time to sell the Ravens if there ever was a time, especially in an in-division game against the Browns. It is in Baltimore, but I, I like the Browns here getting six and a half. Um, I looked I looked at the history between these two teams because these two teams always kind of just play tight. So do basically all the teams in the AFC North, really. But Cleveland has not lost to Baltimore by more than six twice in one season um, since 2017, and that was the year they went 0-16. So obviously they're yes. going get, to get crushed by Baltimore. But so they got killed by Baltimore in like week three, like pretty early this year. Um, they lost 28 to three in Cleveland. So I just think this is kind of one of those games where, again, a little bit of regression is the mean, right? So this this game is just bound to be close um, because I don't see the, the Browns getting blown up by the Ravens twice in one year unless they're as bad as the 0-16 team back in 2017. And this Browns team really isn't. Um, DW's back, Deshaun Watson's back. Um, and this defense has been really, really solid. Miles Garrett is unblockable at this point. Um, they know Lamar well. So Lamar, the Ravens are getting a lot of hype because they beat the Seahawks by like 30. And then they also beat, uh, the Lions by like 30. And those are two NFC teams. So those are two teams that hadn't played Lamar before, or if they have, it hadn't been, it had been a long time. They don't play them very often, but the Browns play Lamar once or twice every year. Um, so they've seen him a lot. I think the defense knows how to play him. And I looked up some stats, so I got some more math numbers for you. Wow, Lamar perfect. Lamar is 44% against the spread as a favorite in his career. So he's 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 a better underdog quarterback. Um, you know, when people are kind of doubting him, he's, he plays better than people think. Um, but when he's a favorite and he's getting a little too much hype, he doesn't play as well. And on the other hand, Deshaun Watson is 58% against the spread as a dog. So same kind of situation um, when people aren't really respecting him enough. He's just he's just a good enough quarterback to cover spreads, right? Um, and then Baltimore in general, as a home favorite, which they are in the spot, um, I think this is since 2017 as well, they're 39% against the spread. So they're just not good as home favorites, right? So you're just not going to cover that number because just generally, right, we talked about it, the home team gets an extra two and a half points so it's just it's just harder as a home team to cover spreads all the time. Um, so I think Baltimore's just down bound for a little bit of regression here, um, and this is the peak market. This is the time to sell the Ravens because they're just, they've just been rolling. Yeah, I definitely agree that everyone is high on the Ravens. I think I saw it's not like Stephen A. Smith's big board or whatever. He's like, yeah, Ravens are the best team in the NFL, and I'm like, all right, um, maybe. But again, I think that they've kind of rose to the the top of everyone's list right now, like you said, for Super Bowl favorites and and whatnot. And you're right. This is if this is the time to uh, to sell. This is definitely the time to sell. Um, I'm not sure if the Browns cover. I mean, you're talking about the Browns here. The Browns are just notorious for just letting everyone down. <laughs> so that's that's the only thing that that concerns me is we're betting on the Browns. Um, but I mean, the AFC North, they, they just beat up on each other. They all, I think they're all, they're all over 500 right now. Um, Pittsburgh has been surprising. Cincinnati had a slow start. So you never really know what's coming out of that division, especially when they play each other. 
And six and a half points, especially coming off a big loss earlier in the season to the Ravens, I kind of like it. I, I, you, you talked me into it, Chuck. You talked me into it. What can I say? I'm convincing. I got all these I mean, numbers. You're just you're just the math do. guy today. I don't I don't know what you're doing, but it's just so much math. I'm overwhelmed, and, I, and you're, you're pulling me in. I just got all these numbers written down. I just had to tell somebody about them. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're telling me. I'm glad you're <laughs> telling me and the people. So all right, what's got? So my last play of the week is just off the wall. And, and we're going to college basketball because how could we not, right? Hop the hoops. But I, I, I know I told you about this play, and you're like, how did you arrive at this game? And it's because it's it's my favorite conference. It's the Horizon League. <laughs> Everybody's favorite conference. Everybody's with Wright State, Detroit Mercy, you know, all those great teams. They call it the People's Conference. I think we should start calling it that. <laughs> it's, it's it's the Horizon League meets Maction. We've got on Saturday, 11-11, 5 p.m. Central, the Ohio Bobcats traveling to the Cleveland State Vikings. My God, yeah. what a game this is going to be. Sick. So the reason why that I picked this game, you all might just be like, what, like why? There's so many. There's a couple ranked matchups. There's a lot of better teams. I know the Horizon League better than I know any, any other conference <laughs> because of IUPUI, Northern Kentucky. But like, I somehow always bet on these teams. So I know Cleveland State, and they're they're decent. Like they've got they've got a couple senior guards in Derek Lauder and Tyrone Smith. Very good. Average seventeen points. They've only played two games. However, the two games they have played, they lost against Duquesne. In the A10, but not very good. They lost by two, and then they just beat Defiance, Defiance. 102 to 41. I think they're like a D2, D3 team. <laughs> they're not good. So, but the main thing that I want to talk about here is Ohio. So Ohio can put up points. That's they did it all last year, and they're doing it this year. They scored 88 points against Troy, who's really not that bad. But the thing that I want to point is last year. So last year they played three. Horizon League teams. They played Cleveland State, Detroit Mercy, and Youngstown State. Two of those they played on the road. They played Detroit Mercy, lost by 14, and then they played Youngstown State and won by two. They beat Cleveland State last year by 11. A lot of returning starters for Ohio. Also, their sophomore guard, who I just forgot his name. Oh, no. But the guy can ball. A.J. Brown, how could, how could I forget his name? From Orlando, Florida, 24 points a game. The guy is raw. The guy can score. Cleveland State has a very subpar defense historically. They have been able to put up points, but I really don't think Cleveland State's defense is going to be able to stop the maxion of the Ohio Bobcats offense. Because, I mean, Troy, while they're not a great basketball school, I guarantee you their defense is better than Cleveland State's. So, I kind of expect Ohio to even touch 90 here. Um, the lines are not out yet. However, the ESPN matchup predictor, which is not accurate at all, is giving Cleveland State a slight edge here, but I still expect this line to come out about three or four points for favorites of Ohio. Give me the Bobcats here to come up come up with about a five to six point win. I really like them going into Cleveland, picking up this win on the road, and, and just beating down the Horizon League before they start battling each other. 
I, I don't have much to add as usual when you just throw these off-the-wall games at me from Hop the Hoops, but as with always, I'm going to trust you. I know you know your Horizon League, given your obsession with IUPUI last year, and we love a stud. You know, when it comes to March Madness, when we try to dive into these things, it's like, does does this team have a guy? And it sounds like Ohio has a guy, so we love yeah. that. AJ Brown is asserting himself as that guy. Now he only he did not or he played. Um, hold on, let me pull this up. Yeah, only put only averaged ten points last year, but he only played twenty minutes a game last year. He's now playing thirty one. Shot sixty six percent from the field and sixty percent from three in game one against Troy. So I don't know if that's that's going to keep going. Um, but he also had four steals and six rebounds. So AJ Brown. All over the court. Love it. He's going to make a difference at Cleveland State. I really like him here to pull out that win. Well, love love that was the first play for the return of Hop the Hoops. Um, to recap, I got Michigan minus four and a half on Saturday, and then Saturday Sunday combo Oregon plus and the Cowboys at both at minus nine and a half. That that should be about plus one hundred or so, and then the Browns plus six and a half. And like I said, if you want to wait to Sunday morning, see if you get a seven. I would highly recommend it, Seth. What do you, what do you have? Let's let's do a quick recap. Yep, recapping here. One college game. We've uh, straight up. We've got Missouri plus two at home against Tennessee. Then we've got a, a a Chuck Classic, a college NFL parlay taking the Jayhawks money line against Texas Tech, parlayed with the Bills money line against the Broncos on Monday night, and finally the first hop the hoop segment of the year. Ohio on Saturday, 5 p.m. Central, going on the road to Cleveland State, picking up a win. Line should be coming out about as Ohio three to four point favorites, and I like him to cover that spread. You know what that sounds like, Seth? Sounds like wins to me. Sounds like six and zero. Oh. Sounds sounds like sounds like undefeated to me. <laughs> Which would be a first, I think, for this year. It's been a, it's been a rough year, to be honest. Ever since like week one or two, week one and two, we were extremely hot. And yeah. then we've we've kind of cooled off. I feel like in the middle of the year, though, we always we always get a little we play ourselves, and then toward the toward November, once November hits, we pick it back up. Because we start we stop looking at all the individual stats, and we start looking at what teams. You, it's the intangibles, Chuck. It's the intangible. Remember the old passion play. We're gonna start bringing passion plays back yeah. because this is the time where passion plays hit. So we'll be bringing that out uh, probably next week. All right, well, stay tuned for Passion Play. Uh, it's good to be back with you, Seth. Uh, happy November, happy Hop the Hoops, and enjoy the football this weekend. Later, Hoppers.